You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by HuntStand. HuntStand is the number one hunting app in the country, and at only $29.99, HuntStand offers a ton of functionality for hunters all over the country. Whether you own your own property or strictly hunt public, you can choose from over a dozen base maps, view property ownership information, 3D mapping, local weather, log your sightings and harvest, as well as use their trail cam management software, and print maps from your hunt areas. Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand. Upgrade your arsenal. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host this week, Nate and Micah. How's it going? It's going good, dude. Uh, we are... I'm trying not to say I'm excited for this week's show. <laughs> I say that every we, damn week. We, you either say we're excited or we got a good one for you or something ridiculous. Yeah, trying to, trying to, you know, Mix it up grow. a little bit. So, today's show... We have Today's a good show, buddy of yours. We have a good buddy of mine. I'm excited. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to, to talk with him. Um, you know, Jeff and I always talk about hunting. And so uh, when we started this podcast, he was somebody who I wanted to talk to about this particular subject um, today, uh, hunting small property. So today's guest, we have Jeff Wilper on. I grew up with Jeff. Jeff and I have known each other since we were five years old or whatever age we were when we yep. started kindergarten and uh, we've been friends ever since and jeff in my opinion is one of the better hunters i know um in fact you know he's the younger brother of another one of our our returning guests scott mm-hmm. wilper um probably the two the best two hunters i know as brothers that they get those guys know how to hunt and they, uh, they kill a lot of stuff there's yeah, a so, lot of stuff on their walls so jeff you know what i like what i respect about jeff and i admire about him is he he's not hunting, you know, these most gorgeous properties. I mean, yeah, he a lot of times have it's small property land or whatever. Yeah, he used to hunt eight acres, right there by my house, seven or eight acres, and you know was able to to. I don't know if he ever killed anything off of there, but he was so close so many times, and on that small of a piece of property to almost kill some big deer. Pretty impressive. That that's pretty good. I don't think I could do it. So he he comes on and gives some good pointers to people about how he does it, what he find successful on the small properties he hunts and uh, maybe that'll help somebody that's got small property um, figure that out so before we get into it we got two sponsors for today's for today's show uh alps out alps outdoors check them out at alpsgear.com packs whatever you need yep, uh, camping gear camping all sorts gear, of things all, all sorts of stuff good uh, missouri-based company good partner of ours yep and then huntworth gear love them I like their stuff. Uh, we're gonna put some stuff to the test coming up, and we're yeah, gonna yeah here in a few weeks. So not even a few weeks. Yeah, week and a half. Yeah, we'll so, be on the mountain in two weeks. Yeah, that'd be fun. Should be. So check them out too at huntworthgear.com. Yeah. I'm sure that you can still get stuff before season starts, and they they have it all at good prices. So yeah. check them out too. Uh, promo code. Gosh, <laughs> uh, MWW15. I think. Yep, MWW15. Pretty sure. And. Uh, but anyway, uh, like I said, we're we're excited for today's show with our guest Jeff Wilper, um, and uh, hope everybody enjoys it. 
This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Okay, with us tonight is my buddy Jeff Wilper. Jeff, what's going on, man? How's it going, man? Good. I say this every damn week. I need to think of a new term, but I am excited about this one. <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully we're excited about all the ones that we do. We don't, <laughs> you that's know, why, I guess else, I say that's why week. we do them. Yeah. But uh, tonight's show, like we said in the intro, um, Jeff, we're going to get into hunting small property. Mm-hmm. 90% of the people listening to us, they've got to be hunting small property. Um, I would I would guess. So um, before we get into that, obviously, uh, we're going to have Jeff introduce himself. If anybody have noticed, Jeff's last name is also Wilper. And uh, Jeff is the younger brother of another one of our guests, Scott, um, who's been on the show a few times. For and turkeys. Uh, he was yeah. there. Yeah. Makes the custom turkey calls and all that. So. Yep. Jeff and I grew up together. Uh, we've been friends for, what, 25, 30 years, as long as we've known each other. I mean, hell, we were probably Little five years old when we. Little League football. <laughs> yep. So, um, you know, we've we've grown up together. Jeff's been a hunter his whole life, uh, an outdoorsman his whole life, and so uh, I think this will be a good topic. Um, if your last name is Wilper, you know how to kill deer. That's yes, all you I do. know. Yes, that is a fact. Between you, your brother, and your dad, and your uncles and all that. Oh, yeah. You're some killers. So, all right, well, introduce yourself first. Tell us where you are uh, or who you are, where you're from, and um, then we'll just kind of get into your background and go from there. Yeah, Jeff Wilper, I grew up in Oak Grove. Uh, what are, how old are we now? I don't want to say. <laughs> I'm turning 40 this year. So grew up hunting uh, down south by Arkansas first. And then we uh, started hunting up north and then kind of in between. A few properties here and there around Oak Grove, smaller properties. Yep. So, and yeah. you've been hunting your whole life, I mean, yeah, from anything. what I can remember. used to be February's was the only month off. There was always something to do. Yeah. So that's the great thing about Missouri is you can always Absolutely. hunt something, fish something, Absolutely. do something outside. Absolutely. So. so who who was one of your bigger influences, girl? I mean, did you and Scott do a lot together hunting wise or is it mostly with your dad? Yeah, you we know? always did the family trips, yeah. you know, and then my uncle was a big time hunter. It was always. Uh, was that Kenny? Yes. Yeah. And then it was the campfires and, uh, you know, the f- late nights around the fire and if it's brown, it's down, you <laughs> know, and we were happy to kill a doe back then. So, oh, yeah. and then, uh kind of escalated from there but it was fun definitely changes over time how you hunt and how you approach it so yeah well and you've you've definitely had some success i don't want to give away but i'm looking at dozens of of dead deer right now and yes you know you're no different than your brother you, you you have a knack for it obviously you know and there's uh there's people when i talk about hunting there's people that i look at and go, man, I wish I could just kill. You know what I'm saying? Just be a killer. Does that make sense? You just There's some hunters yeah. that just know how to kill stuff. Yeah, they can just make it happen every year, it seems like. Yeah. Yes. Russell's one, my brother-in-law Russell's one of them. It just seems like if he says he's going to go out and kill something today, he goes and does it. And, you know, it seems like he knows what he's doing. And there's other people that have just that knack to do it. Right. And you're one of those. It's well, like, well, I'm gonna go kill a deer tomorrow, and then you go do it. I feel like 20% of hunters have 80% of the hunts, good hunts, and then 80% of hunters have 20% of the good hunts. There's that one 20% that's putting in the extra work, yeah, taking the extra mile, and it pays off. I'm one of the 99% that has one percent good hunt every once in a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course, you haven't been doing it as long as some of no, us. No, you know what's funny is uh, 
I was talking about this with my wife the other day. She's like, why didn't you ever hunt, you know, growing up? I said, I honestly don't know. I had a few friends, you being one of them, that hunted, but I didn't grow up in the country. Right. You know, I grew up in town, and my parents, you know, my dad camped and went fishing, but it's just never something that I got into with my buddies back then. And, I, you know, you did it. Um, Chad did it a little bit. Right. And, I, I mean, I can't really think of anybody else, you know, until we got a little older that right. hunted. I know Dusty as we got older. but opening week in a rifle season hunters. Right. Nobody really bow hunted that much. Yeah. But it seems like it's changed over time. Definitely. Right. I would say bow hunting's definitely gotten popular. Absolutely. But it's just, you know, one of them deals where you you look at Jeff and if I if you gave him fifteen days a year, there's gonna be a deer down. Now problem is we all are growing up, and we've got kids and jobs now. And I'd, love to, I'd love to have 15 days, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I ain't had 15 days in a long time. Yeah, it gets difficult. but And what that's the cool part about today's show is we're going to talk about when you do have those opportunities, a lot of people just have an opportunity on a small piece of ground. Um, that's pretty much all you've hunted for at least the last, as long as I've known. Right. As long as I've been hunting, pretty much you are hunting tiny pieces of property and i would guess a lot of the people listening to us don't have access to 500 acres where they can do whatever they want they've got you know 20 acres that they can they can hunt right so i guess we should probably quantify or specify what are we what are we going to call small piece of property i'd say 50 or less agree 50 or less yeah 50 or less acres so as we're talking about, which is, I mean, that's still, still a good chunk. Still a good yeah. chunk. Yeah. I've hunted seven acres. I've hunted eleven acres, twenty acres. Yeah. So whatever you get the chance to, right? Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, it's better than not hunting because you don't have anything. Absolutely. You know, if somebody gives you permission on their little ten-acre spot, you really don't know. But, um, so yeah, we'll we'll as we're talking, that's what we'll consider is fifty acres or less. Okay. Um, so when you get permission on a new property or, you know, if you have a, you've owned a little couple small pieces of property here and there too, um, what are some of the first things you do if you're going to hunt it? I mean, do you pretty much any piece of property you think you can kill a deer on if given the chance? Well, I think every property Unless you're is downtown different. Kansas City. Right. Well, I live on 10 acres here. and I mean, it's hard to come by a deer here. Right. You know, I've put a food plot in and it's just, they're just not here. Occasionally, you know, every now and again, but not worth trying to go through a bunch of effort. Right. But, you know, get a salt lookout, run a camera and see what you got there. And then uh, I feel like cover, water and food. They got to have all three. And if you're lacking one of them around that little piece of property, try to make that happen on that little piece of property. They got to go a long ways to get water. <laughs> Try to make your little water hole. Or if food's not everywhere, a little food plot, whatever you can do. But if you can keep the does around there, you know, come November, there'll be bucks around. So definitely when you get on the property, look around. Onyx help. You know, Onyx app, that helps see what's around. Yeah. Uh, my That's seven acres, there was no food close. Yeah. And yeah. that little food plot got hammered, you know. Yeah, I remember when you put that in. Closest corn was, you know, up by by you right and right. that's that was as a crow flies half a mile probably right so a little clover food plot there and I, I put in some turnips and they hammered it now sometimes some of them farms were just cover were somewhere they could feel safe you know not yeah. getting bumped out all the time maybe that's your ticket to it you don't have to have 
like the destination property. No. If you really think about it, only a few people do have that where they live, quote unquote. Right. I mean, you just got to have something they need. Yeah. And you just got to be willing to figure out, you know, like I, I think I said this, I can't remember, maybe I didn't say this on the show, but I, I've, we've said it talking before. A lot of times we'll record like two shows worth before we actually record like mm-hmm. we did tonight. Right. So it's sometimes I almost prefer a smaller property. You know, like the one of my main properties I hunt now is maybe 15 acres right. or so of huntable. It's a 40-acre farm, but only 15 or so of it's huntable. And it's almost like once you got time to figure it out and you figure it out, well, there's no guesswork anymore. I mean – Right. It ain't 400 acres where you're like, well, what if tomorrow they're, you know, on the I, northwest corner? Right. And- I hunt the other side of the farm. <laughs> there is no other side. <laughs> See, right. my, my place is like two pinch points coming on and coming off. Yep. One's a westerly wind, one's a easterly wind, and I pretty much hunt them two pinch. Great access to get in, great access to get out. Very little pressure. I never walk in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much right on the boundary lines. And when the time's right and the wind's right, right, right time of the year, slip in there. Yeah. But which, my I do own forty five acres, and it is. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's a good piece of property, which is paid off. But we used to hunt it. We all walked in, all four of us, scattered out all across the middle <laughs> of it, all four corners. We ran half the deer out on the way in, and then we. Uh, I started kind of approaching it different and seeing twice as many deer. Yeah. Started seeing more bucks, you know. So definitely approaching it different how you hunt that small. Definitely helped. Well, I mean, you got forty-five acres is still small. Oh, absolutely. In the grand scheme of things, right? Yes. I mean, what do they say? Like a core, a buck's core area is probably around thirty. I think. Right. Especially when they get once they get older, they they it's just smaller and smaller. Right. So So if you can make it where your property's that that small core area, absolutely, you, you got something going for you. Yep. We're close to it. I mean, you know, you're you're in there all the time messing around and laying scent down every other day. Right. Well, maybe he moves further away. Right. You know, instead of maybe being the next property over, and then during the rut, the ladies are there, and right. he might come through. That's but. like my food plot. Uh, I feel like a deer could walk a mile at night and go eat, be comfortable, and then walk back to a bedding area that he's not bothered in. Mm-hmm. So you could have the best-looking food plot in the world, and you're never going to get daylight activity if you're in there jacking around all the time, which with kids it's hard now because they want to stomp around. So it's yep. it's different, but – I believe I think I saw something where Michael Waddell killed a radio collared deer. I seen that one. And yep. it was going eight miles to eat corn overnight, and Jamie then back Christmas. back to yep. somewhere where he felt safe. So I mean, you could have the best looking food plot in the world, but if they don't feel safe. They're not going to be there in daylight hours. Eight miles to go eat corn, Jeez. and it showed where he walked, and it was pretty. I mean, every day was close to the same thing. From He was coming off a conservation area, which mm-hmm. probably was why he was there, because I don't think you could hunt there, but walking all the way to that standing corn and then back. Smart deer. Yeah. That's smart deer. So that's that's a good, I mean, a good point is one of the first things you, you would do is, you know, get on your Onyx or, or whatever map. Right. You know, and see what is around that little spot that you got. Absolutely. So, okay, if I'm, if I'm nothing but timber and – you know, everything around me is maybe corn or some sort of rag. Right. Okay, well, that's a good thing. So mine might be the bedding. Cover, yes. Or if I'm if it's garbage timber, I don't mean that in a bad way, but sometimes, you know, timber's gotten so overgrown or whatever, going in there and doing some, some work 
Yes. You know, maybe doing some cutting. I'm guessing yeah. you've probably messed with before. I know you, you talk about, you and I have talked about before where on, on one of your main spots, that 45 acres we're talking about, where you you leave you leave it alone in some areas. Oh, yeah. There's 16 to 20 acres that I probably haven't stepped in in five, six, seven years. You know? So there's not been a human, most as far as you know, right? In, yeah, that, I mean, in that area. It's river bottom ground that floods all the time, and some of our big trees have died off from disease or flood, and it has gotten so thick from the little trees. Finally, sunlight could get in there. I mean, it's just a thick, and I just leave it like that and let yeah. them have it. Yeah. I don't stomp around in it. Wait for the time. You know, I hunt a lot last week, October, first week of November. Almost 70% of the deer I've killed come in the first seven days of November. It could just be absolutely magical, especially when they're safe there. It feels like everything comes there, brings their does there, or looking for does there, and they don't they don't ever get bumped out. Right. Where if they can filter through by me, never see me, never smell me, and go on their way, they never knew I was there. I mean, that's what you're looking for. And then yeah, yeah. So if you had a if you had a piece of small property, I'm guessing you would much prefer it to be bedding than you would food. I do. Yes. Yeah. Pressure. I mean, I think Number anybody that really understood things was it Landon legacy we had on a few weeks ago he was talking about you know when you're working on your property everybody's worried about food 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 i, I got to do a food plot i got to do this worry about your habitat first because they need cover right then food you know they need to feel safe then they'll eat right you know food's all over the place here right. at least missouri most of the year yeah right and, and i mean you're trying to kill them in daylight right they can do food and water at night I mean, that's their nocturnal mostly anyways. So if you like, they're not going to feel safe out there eating. They're not going to come out until it's dark anyways or go somewhere else. So right. yeah, pressure and cover is my number one key. Thicker the better and stay out of it, which is hard. I mean, if that's the only piece of property you are and you, you want to enjoy it, that's everybody hunts different. But I feel like you stomp it all out or you, you hunt, don't watch the wind, don't watch your approach. Mm-hmm. You may be seeing does and small bucks and getting pictures, but... I'm trying to kill the biggest deer in the woods. That ain't it ain't gonna work if you're doing it. Yeah. You gotta hunt smart. You gotta think a little different if you're trying to do that. Now, if you wanna go kill a doe and be done with it, hey, that's fun too. I've oh shot, yeah. I've <laughs> shot a, I've <laughs> shot a lot of does. So yeah, nothing wrong with killing no, a doe. No, but if you're trying to kill a big one, a mature deer, I think you gotta approach it totally different. And if you only got a small track, you're only gonna get so many chances and you better put every little favor on your side, you know. If it's washing your clothes, it's. I love to park as far away from the land as I can. They think I'm crazy, but I'm halfway down the gravel road, parked on the neighbors, right. walking, because I just don't want to be. I don't want to be around there, man. The human scent and the entry. I always, if you could ask the neighbor if you can walk through a cow pasture or something, mm-hmm. I, you know why stomp right through it. I hate. If, if you're thinking the deer are going to come by here, I don't want them to cut my trail. So if there's any way I can get into the tree. Not saying they wouldn't come behind or whatever. It's possible. But where you're planning, if I could get in there without them having to cross my scent anywhere, I mean, that's yeah. get in, get out. Yeah, and I got a couple spots that it's a long walk and you got to go through some extra, but it pays off, absolutely. So are you pretty strict with your scent regiment? You do the whole washing clothes, spraying down, yes. all that sort of thing? Yes, which get older and kids, it's harder. But I usually always get dressed at the – you know, at my property next mm-hmm. to the truck. I never wear my, my outside layer for sure, like in the car going to the gas station. I put all that on there, and I keep them washed and sprayed down. I don't use much scent. I mean, it, it helps. It you ha- know, it's 
it's better than walking out there in cologne and right you know which you know some people use like a cover scent and i've always thought i don't want them thinking what is that smell and trying to figure it out i mm-hmm. would try to be more scent free than anything right or maybe i could get them come through where they're not registering anything like what is that smell you know right but yeah i definitely the clothes the wind which that come in time like we used to go to the biggest tree you put your stand in the tree that you could see the farthest and that's mm-hmm. where you sat year after year and then every four years you were the lucky one to get one and then i'm like Somehow these guys are killing big deer every year. They got to be approaching it different. Which some of the jury videos, yeah, made you just think about what you're doing. And I mean, it definitely pays off if you approach it that way. For you, sure. You were one of the first ones I listened to when when I got serious about bow hunting, and I started listening to podcasts. Actually, Wired to Hunt and Dan Johnson and some of those. And then you're like, yeah. You don't pay attention to your wind, right? <laughs> I'm like, Which, no, I haven't been. Why? Right. He's like, and that's. I think it might have been you or some. I think it was you. You were like, well, are you seeing deer? No, that's why. Right. <laughs> Which we didn't you know, for as years. Soon as you either. start paying attention to right. that. I mean, I'm not saying I never saw a deer, right? But as soon as I started paying attention to my entry and exit routes, right, and how I would hunt a particular spot that particular day, oh shit, there's five does right in front of me or right. you know whatever and i mean at least makes it more enjoyable when you're actually seeing deer right you know for the most part which we hunted for my whole childhood for years you never knew what the wind was blowing you just went and got the in the tree you could see the farthest and right. hope for the best but <laughs> it definitely helps man and especially on small you only get so many shots yeah you know I'm, i figured maybe one you're hoping one maybe two chances at a good deer yeah i mean you got to have all everything in, in order to Hopefully it plays out right. So that's one of your – is that one maybe one of your biggest piece of, pieces of advice for people on small properties are – is uh, – gosh, what's the term? Don't burn it out. Right. Absolutely. You know? Well, now that cameras are, like, get them on your phone, that helps you out tremendously and knowing, like, hey, this guy's daylight and go now. Yeah. What before – I just – my place, which I think early season, you can have a little luck, but the October is just slow. And I used to go every weekend, and I think I was just burning it out, just mm-hmm. not seeing hardly anything. So then I quit hunting until end of October, definitely the first week of November. I used to take the whole week off, right. and it was just could be absolutely magical if the weather was right. Just every every which way running, you know. Yep. And then you can get away with a little bit more there, and that's pushing on your best spots is then. So if I hunt early, I hunt very edges, just. Not in my best spots. Minimally intrusive. They might not even know you were there. And you're probably not going to see as many deer, which I'm fine with. You know, Yep. come November, I'm going into where my best spot, and it's the first time I've been in it all year. Yeah. So. I think you, we were talking a few years ago, you were on your way to hunt, and I think you were getting pissed off. You know, like, (laughs) I'm serious right now, and these things are about to die. And I, I remember you said something like, and you can correct me, Something like the mature ones, I he's in that nasty shit. And, Absolutely. You know, there's a reason why he's alive or he's a, as old as he is because he goes where he knows we're not going to go. Right. And I'm going to go there and figure out a way to kill him. He's not pressured. And I'm pretty sure you sent me a picture about four hours later. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember which deer it was, but. That's what, in my bottoms, it's just thick as can be. And, you know. I think if I work my way down in there, I may see more deer occasionally on hunts that I don't miss from the edges and little pinch points that they don't end up in. But mm-hmm. I think you're just blowing it out, man. 
I'd blow them out. 45 acres, it don't take long not to be a deer on the place, you know. And nope. then and then neighbors and all that, you know. So, yeah. The Entry, exit, and try not to blow the whole place out. And then find your time. Like, late season at my place is not good. I think they end up bedding closer to the big ag fields. Like, there's just not the deer in late season at my place. Rut, my place is on fire. Don't take your time off near Christmas. Absolutely. (laughs) Find out. And I think every property is different. You could find out what what time, you know, maybe it's early season. Cloverfield early, first week of September. Maybe that's the time to be in there. But that last week of October, first week of November is just unbelievable. Which, I think there's big deer everywhere. You just don't see them. Right. That's why they're big. And, (laughs) like, I think Stan Potts killed, like, a 200-incher, like, right behind our uh, gun range. Probably nobody steps in there. You know, he'd fine with the shots. Live there, probably. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, there's big deer everywhere, but they're nocturnal, man. They get pressured and bumped around. They're not going to daylight unless that November rut gets them a lot in trouble. But Oh, yeah. If if, if the rut wasn't a thing, it'd be a lot harder to kill a mature. Oh, my God. Whitetail in general, but right. a whitetail, a mature buck for sure. Because that's usually what gets a lot of them killed is Absolutely. You know, they're thinking with a different head. Right. So. And it. I mean, I think that's why I and Kansas have big deer. You know, they don't have that rifle season during the rut, and you're not losing them bucks that are just blind to everything. Which, right. Yeah. Yeah. Last and last year it hit right at the time. Oh, I mean, dude, it was it just was, insane. Right. That was one of the craziest opening days I've ever seen in my life. Which the weather was right last year in October too, mid October, and yeah. I didn't go because I always wait till November. But I sh- the weather was right. You know. Yep. So definitely. Mm, Cold fronts, north wind during October. If I got a day off, I'd like to go. But you're 75 degrees and sunny. I got Saturday off. Not yeah. worth it. Not Spend worth it. Spend that day with the kids. Yes. Better. So I'll try to find another piece of property that, you know, is not real promising. Like right. I'll have eight acres, ten acres behind somebody's house where I could take the kids on a weekend that's probably going to be slow. And maybe we'll see a couple does, make some noise, have fun, and get out of there. That's what – it's nice to pick up some places like that where your best spot, you don't have to stomp out on the weekend that you want to take the kids and be loud and yeah. drag around. So so let's, let's talk about weather. I mean, what are when you have a property that is small that you don't want to burn up because, you know, you can't go hunt the northeast corner tonight, right. you know, it is the corner. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is what it is. Uh, what are some weather stuff that – what's some weather patterns you're looking for that – might make you go, hey, I'm going to give tonight a go because this might be right for me. Right. Anytime that cold front comes through, yeah. south to north wind. Are you wanting to be there, like, during that or I've killed before y- it, after it? After it. Up north, my spot, my 45 acres, it's like when the front goes through and it turns into a westerly wind. It seems like I've killed five, six deer on that westerly wind after the front's gone through the next day, mm-hmm. maybe after the rain. Definitely, I've killed some deer, like, in the light drizzle, that cold, light drizzle, November. Mm -hmm. I Uh, love that. Oh, and, like, midday on them hunts, where if you can catch it right when the rain ends or right when that drizzle ends, it could turn magical real quick. I hate to – you're always like, oh, my, this is going to be great. And the last two or three times I've tried that, I went out, and I'm like, all right, I got rain gear for this reason. I'll put on. I'll be nice and dry. About 20 minutes into the drizzle, starts picking up. Starts picking up. Next thing you know, it's freaking pouring for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this sucks. I'm wet <laughs> this by This is a time. terrible idea. Terrible idea. <laughs> oh, I remember, I mean, the, the last time I did it, I was soaked. At one point in time, I was just hunched over my bag, my backpack, keeping the stuff in my bag dry. 
water running down my ass crack. I mean, no. I was, I was <laughs> time so, to go, man. The no. bow. I'm like, I don't know if I could shoot this damn thing right now. It was my older age. I'm looking through the window of the truck on the gravel road. <laughs> we'll wait till right when we know it ain't gonna rain and I'm out of here. It man. was one of those places. Like it, it was a a decent walk to that stand. It wasn't like I could just jump right. down and run to the truck. It was this. I'm I'm gonna be soaked no matter what. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna sit here. And I thought, I mean, the radar says this should not be here very long. And it just kept building back on itself. Just pissed on me. Right. And finally, I did get down and left because it was it was horrible. I've killed some turkeys in the pouring down rain, but I've never never killed a deer in the app when it's lightning and pouring down rain. But right after it, a couple of these that one of my bigger ones come from right after the drizzle. Yeah, I can see that. Just stopped and uh, he was by himself and reacted to a snort wheeze too. That first week in November. I've had so much luck with a snort wheeze. I, they'll come to the tree, a couple of them. Do you do blind calling? or No, I don't. So you wait till you see something, then and you call. You can kind of tell by the deer's attitude. Like right. the, one, of the, one of the bigger ones was tearing up a tree in the bottoms and the thick stuff. I could see him, and, I mean, he looked pissed. I grunted one time. He looked at me or looked up. Snort wheeze, and he was on a dead run at me before I can even get the bow out of the tree. <laughs> oh, wow. But, I mean, he was in that mood where right. – Right. Yeah. This yeah. is my place, and I'm getting ready to run off something. Now, sometimes, you know, they don't want nothing to do with that stuff, but it definitely helps. That first week of November, you better have the grunt tube and the snort wheeze. Yeah. And I never, I never do blind call. I always say I'm going to because you hear – I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't work. My place is so thick that I could see where it would work I, just because I mean, you can't see very I well. think everybody's had different ex- experiences here and there, but, like, my biggest bow kill to date, I blindly rattled in. Right. Now, was he coming anyways? Right. Who knows? See, it's I hard. Because, it, you know, I blind, I did a blind rattle, and then within two minutes he was there. So was he already walking that way? Right. And the rattle didn't just – he it didn't bother him? Right. I, who knows? But that's about the only time I've tried that, and it, it's actually done something. See, I feel like I take ten steps to get into the tree to be quiet, scent free. I've walked a half mile out of the way to get in this. Well, I didn't want to start banging, banging horns around. together and making <laughs> all this racket. But that's a good point. That's where, but I mean, it definitely works. You know, it definitely, the it times right. Yeah. We used to go to Tacoma when we were kids and rattle, and we rattle in 10 bucks a morning, you know, back before they hunted it. And yeah, yeah definitely can work. Just to see if it, they'd come yeah, in. Yeah, we used to yeah. rattle them when we were kids and videotape. Oh, wow. That's yeah. pretty cool. Scott used to do it all the time, too. Yeah. I mean, you used to get some nice deer coming. I, I think a lot of it has to do with like the individual deer, too. Absolutely, I mean, in the mood they're in. Yep. You know, if they got a doe, they don't. They're not too worried about that. I'll but never, definitely, I'll never forget a, a deer that uh, I nicknamed him Sub Zero. That was the deer that it, that one year I saw him on the hoof. It was during the rut, and he came from behind me, just moving. I mean, he was on a mission. Gets out to the field edge, probably eighty yards from me, and he was gonna keep working away from me. And I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna right. try to get him in here. So I snort wheezed, and I could tell he couldn't hear me. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to bang them together and see what happens. And I started hitting the the rattle bag, and I've never seen a deer run away so fast in my yeah, life. That's I a mean, hor- horrible like feeling, too. I mean, his tail went under his legs <laughs> yeah. and just I'm going. I mean, a- just like I smacked him in the ass. Right. And I'm sitting there like, okay. <laughs> see, I got picked to hunt Blue Springs Lake, and I just thought, you know, it's time. I'm going to snort wheeze at everything, grunt, you know. I'm not gonna. That's probably the only time I'll ever be able to hunt here. Right. And they weren't reactive to it at all. Now I don't know if that's because people are out there rattling all the time and they hear all that's that. That's that's the experience I've had is the same. I always I always go hunt this one stand 
the night before rifle right uh, for the last few years anyways and i always see deer and i've never been able to get up on them but i always call on them and i know they can hear it i mean right. they're only 60 to 100 yards away i know they can hear it they look over and they're like nah, i ain't messing with that <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> I'm done. yeah i mean and they're big deer i mean not monsters or nothing but yeah you know mature deer right. i would have thought you know they'd yeah. try something but nope i've i've killed probably uh i've had more luck with the snort wheeze than anything I think I've probably killed four or five that snort wheeze them right to the tree, like ready to fight where you at and put an arrow in them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's probably specific to where you are. I mean, Absolutely. you know, time where you're hunting your 45 acres could be different than, you know, someone that's 45 acres in right. the city, it's, you it, know. Yeah. Uh, it's timing too in the right deer. They got a doe if they're in that mood where they just lost their doe and they're looking for another one and they're running everything off. But I had one on that seven acres, uh, a nice buck that I thought I was going to get killed and he had a doe and there was four or five other bucks and they're all little ones and then him and uh he I mean he was busy he he didn't have time to deal with <laughs> he didn't me have time you know? to mess with you. all he cared about was that doe and if them other bucks got close to, to that doe he'd run them off but I threw everything at him and nope yeah and I had him close I, I mean 30 yards like where he needed to be he never got and that was on seven acres and yeah that that was finally after all the work planning it, him to come through here this is how i'm gonna approach it and it all paid off other than he didn't get in that one little window and it, it was right. close though but i mean that was fun that was a thursday after work on seven acres and i seen five bucks a bunch of does yeah. And yeah i want everybody to, to listen to what he just said how many acres seven seven acres yes you know it lit you can literally be a, a killer i mean i mean well i don't know that if you know the exact number but how many good bucks, let's say over 140 inches, have you killed in your life? At at least 20? Uh, I don't know about that high. I mean. I if I measure them, maybe. But <laughs> there's a lot over 125 let's here say for 130 sure. 130-inch deer, 120-inch deer. Yeah, I mean, that, those are all good deer. Right, 15 probably. At least. Or I mean, I'm, you know, and a lot of that is on property that's not even 50 acres. Well, that, that one I almost killed on the seven acres, I was 10 foot from a driveway mm-hmm. and then probably 60 yards from a paved road. So yeah. it was a river cut through there, and that's where they – I wouldn't say they were on my place a lot, but when they were moving, they ran that river. I put a food plot in to kind of get them there more than what they were there. Maybe bring them on Slow your side of that river bank. Yep. Maybe yeah. before they're going out to the big fields, hit my place on the way out, maybe during daylight hours. But that was just that doe running that river, and then bucks were all in there chasing her, and I was on top of it. Right. The following year, I almost killed one in there too. I had them on that river on the other side, snort wheezed them in, Come to the river, wouldn't cross it, made scrapes and rubs up all down the yeah. river, which I think if I would have had a decoy, he would have charged across the river. And, yeah. But, like, he couldn't see anything, and so he – He wasn't going to take the effort to come <sighs> across. Man, and yeah. he was within 30 yards. I could see steam coming out of his mouth. Mm, I mean, that's yeah, cool. that, was, that, was a, that was a good morning, man. Yeah, it's fun stuff. So, and that he come across the driveway to get to me. So, it's just – Yeah, it's – They're there, you know, right time of the year, and put your work in, you can see yeah. deer. They can be anywhere. That's that's the point with small property. You know, everybody freaks out. Uh, not freaks out, but, you know, people talk about, well, I just don't have the, the land. Yeah. Well, do you got, you know, half an acre? Right. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, that that might be difficult. I, but. I ask 10 people a year if I can turkey hunt, probably, deer hunt. You're a lot easier to get into small land than big tracks. You know, you go ask a 200-acre farm, oh, we lease it or yeah. family hunts it. You go ask the guy that's got 20 acres that butts up against that, that has a little timber. 
probably nobody's asking to hunt, period. Right. Yeah. And now you be nice to them, do the right thing, and then you're hunting. Yeah. And then that's – you have a couple of them little pieces of property where you can hunt them on the off weekends that ain't the great weather, ain't the right wind. Yep. Go in there, get to hunt. You're outside. You're not blowing your best spot out. That's the only way to go. That's a good I good ki- call. I killed a turkey on 20 acres this year that had three trees on it. You know, <laughs> I, was, I could see the guy's house. It was just <laughs> – Close to where they were at, you know, and that guy probably oh, yeah. never been asked to hunt before, but and he's like, "What the hell is this guy doing here?" <laughs> yeah, so but got forty-five him. minutes, Jeff walking out with a turkey. Thanks, man. Absolutely <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> Which is different now when we were kids. I don't see think that, that goes right back to my point of he's a killer. Yeah, that's you know good. he. That's I think honestly, you just made another good point to to reading maps. Right. You probably looked and said, "This isn't where they are." But they're just right here. Right. All I need it is was, for them to be right it, here, you know, at a moment. Right. It was 200 acres that I called the farmer, mm-hmm. found out who owned it, and he said, no, we've had family friends hunt it for 30 years. Yeah. So then started looking around. And like the little 10 and 20-acre tracks you usually can get into. Right. Because not everybody's <laughs> knocking on that door, you know. And, I mean, you can make it happen. It's a little grindy sometimes, you know. Sometimes it don't work out, but better than sleeping in and not going. So. Yeah. And you're never going to have those stories if you don't right. go. I mean, it's, well, I don't have 200 acres. I can't, you know, I, I can't hunt north winds or, you know, that that's one of my biggest issues at my small property is, well, sometimes, you know, I've got nice thick bedding on the south side and I don't really want to mess with them. So right. I don't really get to hunt north winds a lot. I'm the same way. North wind's bad for me. But I might try it here and there. You know, there's been times like you were saying before, I've asked the neighboring landowner if I could access from the, the South with a North wind. And, you know, he's been nice enough to say yes. And, you know, I, I haven't had success yet. Although I I guess I was kind of successful that one year. I, I uh, walk in and I'm like, they've got to be bedded back here. This is the only spot that I would think they're at right now here. So I hunted a north wind, asked if I could walk through his field. He said, sure. And I'm as quiet as I could be. And as soon as I get to the edge of the timber, there he stands up and takes off. Right. And I'm like, well, I was right. <laughs> my I execution just didn't right work. In on right. Me. So just keep learning off that. Yeah. You know? Like I've changed my ways up. Like that seven acres, I was coming down the neighbor's driveway and cutting in which i thought would be perfect and i kept blowing deer out coming down that driveway Mm -hmm. and that spot ended up being walking right through the middle of the food plot which i hate doing Mm -hmm. right to the stand right where that was the way to get in there where my best chance of not running deer out of there instead of going around but i learned that after a couple years of like man i just blew all the deer out coming down this way but right yeah so once you find that bulletproof entry and exit that's something you need to take advantage of so and And that's easier to do on small small property absolutely i mean you know Honestly, it, it's not a bad thing to have small ground. Yeah, you're not going to have the deer there all the time or the, the guy there every day. But, right. you know, it only takes you, like you said, that one time. And, you know, you, you look at your maps, figure out where they might be coming from, what you want in a spot. Pinch points, big time. And I was just getting ready to ask you, you know, if, if you look at your spot and figure out where where could I hunt. And if if you can figure out – a way to hunt every type of wind situation in a small piece of property. Awesome. Right. Awesome. If you've got access that way. Right. And, Which, you know. Sometimes that access is tough, but, I mean, you put in all this work, all this time, and you're trying to kill the biggest deer in the woods. Why not 
take a little bit more time going a long way around, you know? Yeah. Especially if you're only going to have four days to hunt on small property, this is it. You better throw everything you got at it. Yeah. Yeah. North winds are tough on me, and I've thought about putting a boat which on Which sucks the, during the rut. Because right, you which get you love a north wind, which I usually wait till it turns a little westerly. Yeah. But I've thought about putting a boat on the river in my early days, floating down and coming in on the south side. I just never did it. I'm, I'm sure I've, that would I've thought about it now. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I even dug steps in the bank, planning on it. Yeah, I'm like, I could see myself at 5 a.m. with a bow, some John <laughs> boat that I've gotten from somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah, never did it. Wish I would have. I may still do it though. But. Yeah. Well, and you know, you start noticing things too with your smaller property where you're like, okay, yeah, a north wind is bad here, but if it's coming out of the northwest a little bit, I can try this. Right. And um, we talked, I think we said something about, was our last episode, Micah? Maybe. Where we were like, uh, you know, it's that, that wind where they almost bust you. Yeah, you kind of want to cut kill the wind them. or whatever, where you're just about busted. You know. Which I got one on a hillside that it seems like it swirls. Like it's the right so wind, I, but it yep. gets by me and it just. Comes right back. Right. Like, what the hell? And well, then yeah. you you learn on that too. After yeah. Wind yep. is uh, land specific too. Absolutely. Like it'll say south, but if you got hills or something, it'll push it around different right. ways. And yeah. yeah. And sometimes you just can't win, you know, especially big deer. I yep. don't care what you do. That's why first week, 10 days of November, you get a little more on your side because they're chasing does. Yeah. But yeah, it's tough. On the wind side, do you use any type of wind checker or anything? Yeah, the little uh, the little bottle. Yeah, um, which I got, you know, you get to be where you're over the top of checking it and so nervous about the wind. And well, the, so I was just going to ask you if you've ever used this because this is how I got into it. Uh, I have a spot at my small property where I like southwest winds, and if I can get them, it's great. And then I, I have this particular spot that I've got to stand in, and sometimes with a southwest wind, you'll get into the stand and you'll check it and right back north it's going. Yeah. And it's right off a creek bank. It's on a creek. And right. so it, you're like, damn it. My sons went out in our field a couple of years ago and picked a bunch of milkweed. Oh, you nice. know, little milkweed pods. Right, yeah. And then brought it in the house and, you know, I was like, oh, thanks, boys. And dried it out. And I started taking that with me. And what I noticed is, and obviously it's different everywhere, but you can, I would drop that milkweed and it would suck back north, and then as it would try to start going back up that hill, it just dropped right back south again, right. which means my wind was going nowhere. Right. That's really about the best thing you can ask for. Right. But then there's other times you get up in that stand, and if it's strong enough, you can drop it and whoosh, sucks right back into that bedding. Right. And have you ever gotten to a spot, although, like, your one property, it's a decent drive for you to go all the right. way to do that, but um, – you ever gotten to a spot the wind wasn't what you wanted and you bowed out? Yes. On definitely in my earlier years, the food plot has to be some kind of westerly wind mm-hmm. or you're just, it's not going to happen. And uh, if it turns east or got some east in it, and or especially north, uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm just, it's not going to happen. I mean, the odds, he would have to be on a hot dough and then blind to everything, you know. Yeah. But I'm wasting my time. I'd rather which we had another property up there. I could do something, go somewhere, hit another small property that, you know. Right. But this is my killing. This is what where I'm going to kill them at. And I could do more damage by being staying here today. Right. Yes. Than just. I'm going to get one or two chances maybe to kill a nice deer, and it's going to be in this spot or my other spot, and I'm not going to blow them out until. I, I may hunt it on a bad wind on November 3rd, 
this is my last day to hunt. I'm pushing it. Yeah. You know, this is the time to push it because that's when they do some weird things, man. But yeah, yeah. There's certain spots where, like, I got one of my spots. I can get away with different winds. You know, they do kind of come from every which direction. Which if it's <laughs> it just right, depends on what day, right? Yeah. And you push it. Which the one I killed uh, two years ago, uh, he come in dead dead downwind with a doe. I mean, directly behind me, wind right in his face, made a scrape, were there for 10 minutes and never even acknowledged I was there. Mm-hmm. But just blind, just on that doe. Just and there was another buck in there that he was messing with. Love struck. Oh, <clears throat> man, it cost him his life. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, what about, like, leading up to the season? What, How much time are you spending in those real small properties as far as getting your stands ready, your food plots and stuff? I try to do all my work in August. July, August. So you go in there one time and that's it. I do, you know, trim the food plot or trim the trees, you know, check your stands, make sure they're all good. I did do some work this year, added some shooting house for my boys. Uh, and actually did get a picture of a big one the day after doing all that work, which which was surprising. But yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, a little salt in the wound. Like, I'm here. Now <laughs> let you know. <laughs> it's like a giant middle finger. Yeah. Just to let you know I like, am here, sir. I, I, <laughs> you brought a bobcat and disturbed all this. I'm going to let you know I was sleeping here, man. But, uh. Yeah, and then usually by September, I usually like to throw my food plot seed down uh, last week in August. If, I, if if there's some rain chance, maybe first week into September. If you can mm-hmm. catch a rain, you can get a good stand of clover pretty quick. And then I stay out of it. I'll do a one, couple early hunts. I usually usually kill a doe early. And then once October, it's got to be a cold front or some kind of weather change or yeah. preparing mm-hmm. for November. Yeah. Or grinding on some of my other spots that, you know probably not going to have the odds to kill a bigger one you got a chance i've killed some deer on my 10 acres in lone jack i mean there was houses but i mean there was deer there and i, I mean i killed some does and that's yep. where usually i do my october hunts where more than likely you're not going to see a lot of big deer not your best spot but you still go and hunt absolutely man. yeah we're outside yeah. especially yeah. with the boys now i do trout fishing and all that stuff so middle of october is usually fishing and uh shooting the bow yeah. preparing for getting them ready yes and I, if if you would take anything away from today on small property is if you approach it the right way basically like jeff does yeah i mean you can kill deer and absolutely. you can kill great deer absolutely i mean you know i if i if i could have a hunting career like jeff wilper i come I'll on be happy now. come on now come on now. <laughs> i'm telling you dude i mean come if, on. i mean the amount of you know, mature bucks you've seen and doing it, you know, not with, and obviously I'm not meaning anything bad, but, you know, it's not like you got Drury property. No. You got 3,000 acres that, you know, some of these deer don't ever leave where you live. Right. You know, and. Uh, I mean, uh, some properties are better than others. You oh, know, for sure. This, and the, some of my, the, the 45 I have is a good spot. Don't get me wrong. But I think you could approach it totally wrong and it wouldn't be that good. You know, and it it might not be good for years if you screw it up. You know, two straight years you right. go in there blowing it up because you're in there forty times in the first right. you know sixty days of the season. You you scorch it to the point that they don't come back at all for a couple of years if you keep doing that. Those and four pointers, little ones, you know. Yeah, uh, but which which is fine. That's what you want to do. That's that's on you. You know, that's if you want to kill a doe and the first buck you see. I mean, I've done it more power to you man. yeah i've did it for years and i still yeah. like to do it. i still like to shoot does i mean gets that heart pumping it absolutely. might just be like all right let's you know eat. i don't mind eating them either so uh especially with my boys getting older now we're gonna i'd say pile up some does and hopefully and uh approach it a little different with kids but yeah well sure and you know your neighbors is a big thing with small property 
you know, not every small, like this 10 acres, I, I mean, I've tried. Don't get me wrong. This is where I live. I would mm-hmm. love to kill a deer here, and it's just not happening. Yeah. Very hard. There's just not that many deer here, too many houses, I guess, you know, however it lays. Not a whole lot of food here at all, you know. And I've tried the food plot. and it, I mean, I did get pictures of those, and I think at the right time you could probably kill one, but. Just it's not worth it. Just no. be, I mean, yeah. Some it's spots, some I mean, spots you're just not going to – it's not going to happen. Right. It's like where I live. I mean, same. Same with mine. Right. You know, and I would love for it to be right out sure. the back door, you know, and I've tried everything, but it's well, tough. It's funny. The boys – I live on 15 acres, and the, the boys wanted to put a trail camera down at our pond this year. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. I got an extra one, so we put it out there, and we just checked it a couple of days ago for the first time, and there's a, there's a doe or a group of does coming every once in a while to drink out of it because right. it's been dry. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing you know, maybe their their normal water source might be a little dried up, so they're they're hopping over. And Caden, can we can we hunt here? I'm like, Caden, <laughs> the chances of us ever seeing a deer in daylight in daylight <laughs> here are almost zero. See when I but he, they're here, Dad. I'm I, like, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> right, I bow hunted down here when I was ten, twelve, eleven. You know, it was the only place I go. I couldn't drive, so I tried to make it happen out here, but. Never happened. But it, it passed the time for you, I guess, and absolutely. you probably enjoyed it. You're still learning, man. Yeah. It's still, you're still out there. I love trying to figure them out where you can get to a spot where they filter through and never know you're there. Yeah. I mean, that's the name of the game. There's some of them trees where they would filter by, and once they got down or past you, they'd blow out of there. I mean, you still, that's not yeah, not good, man. So yeah. if you can find that tree where they could do their thing and never know you're there, that's what you're looking for. And that's another nice thing about small property. You get access to small property – if you approach it the right way, you can figure it out pretty quick. And if it's not worth a crap, you're going to find out pretty fast if it's not a good property right. and, you know, move on right the next year or the next couple of years. Keep knocking on doors. Yeah. Somebody, so Somebody will say yes. Some, I do a lot of that for turkey hunting, just around home, driving around, see some turkey strutting, try to find out who owns it. And you'll have a lot better luck with small land getting permission than yeah. A lot of it's leased up. Well, hell, remember last year, I think you, or the year before last year, you borrowed my blind because you're like, hey, I got access today to a thing. Can I borrow your blind? I don't <laughs> have one right now. I'm like, sure. That's my boys, man. I hate driving two hours with boys. <laughs> yeah. So seven and five, we get there. I don't want to hunt. I'm like, we just drove two hours, you're, man. You're, you're hunting. Kidding. They're like, we don't hear a gobble. They're like, let's go home. I'm like, we've been out here for 30 minutes. So <laughs> if you can find a property close, which is good too. Find these small properties, if it ain't happening, or if you're hunting with kids, or you just got off work, that seven acres is great for me, because after I get off work, I could hunt for an hour and a half after work. Be done. Yep. Back home. Wife ain't mad. Not gone for two days, so definitely. Yeah, that's the difficult part, you know, of having properties that not where you live. I mean, it'd be great. I used to hunt one that was about an hour away from where I lived, but that didn't really feel like I was traveling. Does that right. make sense? Right. Like, yeah, it was, you know, almost an hour, but you know his place we went to all the time so it was just like well i'm, I'm gonna go out there and hunt and right uh it's still tougher though I but mean, when you, you know when work, you got a couple hour drive that that's where it gets harder hauling the tractor or hauling everything up it's work we used to hunt down by arkansas it was five hours that's where i killed my first deer we'd leave on friday and drive all and get up hunt opening day and pretty much get back in the car and drive all the way home that's a long haul yeah and we killed a lot of deer but you know that was where that's how I started. It was way down there of acorn deer. Very little bucks. But yeah. It was fun. Oh, the, I don't that, know if, you got to kind of cut your teeth. When you were a kid then? Yeah. That was that's, where, were, that's yeah. where some of my first hunts were down there. Mountain Grove was the name of the town. Oh, I know where that is. Hell, yeah. my, that's where my family's originally from is Norwood. Right. Um, 
A lot of timber. No, I didn't grow up there, but. A lot of acorn timber and. Yep. A lot of deer, you know, nothing with huge racks, but yeah. yeah. Okay. On the spot, before we end this show, your three three biggest pieces of advice. First, I don't know, how am I going to do this? Your three biggest things you would do hunting a small property that you think would help somebody be successful. First of all, I'd find out what they need around there. If there's no water hole, food's not far around there, or they have no cover around there. Maybe if there ain't a whole lot of deer, create some cover and see if you can pick up some deer. Or if there's no water, one of our places that we used to hunt, I mean, there was just no water around. A little water hole will go a long ways. Mm-hmm. Or like a little clover food plot that they hit before they go out to a big ag field. Just something like that. Approach. Approach and exit. You stomp through there and run them out. I mean, you're going to see does and small bucks, but if you're there to kill a big one, he's not going to play with that. Mm-hmm. He's not down with that. And then the wind. Be smart about the wind, man, because even if you're on your north side of the property and the wind's wrong, you could be blowing your whole property out. You know? When it's only 10 acres. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, I know some people that, like, drive by the ridge. They're going to hunt to get close. And I'm like, you're blowing it out before you even get out of the car, you know. And then they're you yeah. just got to know the wind, That's especially for big deer. There's a difference between does and yearlings and big deer. They think totally different. You know. Oh God, yes. Well, I'm still seeing deer. You're not seeing the deer you want to kill, though. Right. You know, they're not. They'll move off the property, or especially in small land, you just you don't have that many chances. Right. You need to have every little thing in your favor if you can make it happen, and then make it happen. I hate when those small deer. I had two. Remember, what would like? I even nicknamed at one point, Micah. Remember those two young deer? I think they were twin uh, yearlings. Right. So they didn't have spots anymore, but they were just they were twins. And almost every night at this small property I hunt, they would come down off the bedding and hang out underneath my tree stand. And I'm just like, there's no way they don't smell me. Right. My wind is dropping, you know, right, I mean, at the base of my tree, you know, messing around. And I, while they never knew I was there, they've got to smell me. And I'm like, you know, probably just didn't know. In three or four years, you're going to remember that smell is what I'm worried about. (laughs) Nothing worse than a lingering doe around. Like after a while, get out of here. Yes, move on. (laughs) Yeah, once you start stomping your feet, it's like, like, I want to eat my fudge round. (laughs) (laughs) Leave me alone. Like the red arrow guy, he'll shoot him. Once they start stomping their feet, you got to go. Yeah, (laughs) if she blows, she's (laughs) good. Yeah, nothing worse. So yes, definitely approach, exit, wind, and then. uh, Whatever you can produce on that little piece that it may could just be a feeder if you can allow to yeah. run a feeder in that county. Until, little, yeah. You know, until time to hunt just to get them used to coming to that little spot, you yeah. know. Which, you know, sometimes they may not be in that little pinch point you need them until you add a little food plot or right. add feed in the summertime, you know. But yep. definitely you learn that over over the years of hunting it and approaching it certain ways. That's good. So, yeah, uh, find out what they need approach and hunt the wind the right way and i right. guess in in we, turn on that you know don't really blow it out right or burn it out by hunting the wrong wind so often that too. and timing really like yeah oh find out there's no reason for when me to that property is october best. 16th right. on a 75 degree day on a, you know <laughs> south wind i learned that quick right i mean it when i first started bow hunting man it was i wanted to go hunting oh, we hunted every weekend and you're sitting out there yep. freaking 90 almost 90 degrees sometimes in september and all you're doing is swatting mosquitoes, <laughs> swatting mosquitoes, and pissing your wife off, right? You know, because I didn't start hunting until I, I, we weren't married then. But right. you're sitting there going, 
why am I here September 19th when I could use this day on October 27th? Right. You know. When I first bought my place, there was some rifle hunters next to it that hunted right on the line. And rifle season was tough. I mean, they were there with foilers, and they liked to drive around and do all that. So bow hunting is where I need to be here in bow hunting before they show up. And yeah. that's when I got hooked on the, the last week of October, the first week of November. Yep. People ask me, how do I kill more deer or bigger deer? Buy a bow. And then get out there last week of October, first week of November, before that rifle season starts, before the deer yeah. dry. Because there was deer dry. It was it was tough, which that property sold, and I, I don't have them rifle hunters right on top of me anymore, which helps out a lot. But right. That's tough when you got deer drives going on. Do you – uh, I know I just asked you to give your three final thoughts, but do you ever um, – do, do you pay attention to what neighboring hunters Absolutely. are doing? Absolutely. You know, do you almost use them against themselves? Absolutely. Yeah, especially maybe, with small property. Maybe where I park, mm-hmm. certain winds where I park, if they're there, I hate to be that guy, but if my wind's blowing towards them, I'll go ahead and park right here. More than likely the deer are not going to come from – Across that the road direction. to the north where they're at. They're, right. There's a pinch point where they cross the road on me, and they're using the same pinch point. It's just on their side. Well, bow hunting, I'm using that, and I'm parking a half mile down the road because mm-hmm. they're not there. Well, they have a shooting house there come rifle season. Well, there's no reason for me to walk that far when they're not letting anything through more than likely. Right. Which I know them, and that's how they like to hunt. They shoot deer, which I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah. So. And sometimes, I mean, they're helping you. Absolutely. I mean, uh, the last two rifle seasons I've had on one property, uh, luckily the wind's been coming out of the right direction, and the guys that hunt that property only rifle hunt, which is perfectly fine. Right. But he doesn't pay attention to nothing. Right. So he's walking in with the wind to his back, and he's just blowing all the deer out. Right. That's when I like you to know. get somewhere early. If you know somewhere like that where you know yep. they're going to be in there, you want to be in there before they Funny are. Funny you should say that because I'm usually, last year when I killed my my larger my large deer um i was in my tree stand almost an hour before right first light right in some spots that's not the you know some spots that ain't the best thing sliding in there that seven acres it seemed like sliding in there a little bit after daylight seemed like i blew him out of that spot really when i tried to get in there super early but you know you'll learn that way over the years but right in timing too i've killed a lot of deer between 10 and 2 o'clock which is tough sit when i used to take the week off i'd grind all day hunts I mean, uh, I've got six days. I'm not going to go back and sit at camp. <laughs> Nobody's there, you know. So, right. And that, it's a long day. Don't get me wrong, but I've killed that one right behind you come from 11 o'clock, that 10-pointer. Really? Yes. Hadn't seen a deer all morning. At 11 o'clock, he started fighting with another one, snort wheezing him through the tree. You know, where most times I would be back at camp or. Right. Yeah. Taking a nap. 10 to 2, first week of November can be magical, man. And not a lot of people, you know. It's well, like, it's, and a lot of people. I mean, they <clears throat> they got to get stuff done during the mid Absolutely. part of the day. But what do they call it? Midday madness and yeah. elk hunting. And I'm sure you can have midday madness with a deer. Absolutely, if you have the time, man, take advantage of it. Pack a lunch, whatever can, you got to do. It can be difficult. Yes, it can be some long sits, man. <laughs> Five days of all day sits. Going back on our last show, what's your favorite tree tree stand snack? Ooh, ooh. When you have to have the all-day stuff like uh, we were talking i don't even take food most of the yeah, time yeah we don't take very much see very that's often. what when i was younger i just grind and no food no water now i'm looking i'm like well no doubt it was miserable you know why <laughs> not uh, you know why not pack a lunch or something not even a drink you know all i was just focused on deer 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 but 
I hate to say it, but it's five-hour energy drinks and uh, Cosmic Brownies, man. <laughs> cosmic Brownies. Just, just, just straight health, man. monsters <laughs> and the Cosmic yeah, Brownies. Yeah, five-hour energies, man. If you have not learned anything from our show, it is that we are the most healthy eaters. <laughs> and we have the most healthy eating guest on. Yep. There are. Our last show, we talked about our favorite snacks, and it was fudge rounds, gushers. What else? Swiss rolls. Swiss cake rolls. Yeah, all kinds yeah. of junk food. Yeah, junk food. Exactly. It gives you the sugar high. You, you ever need. take coffee to the stand? Like, I'm a I, coffee I don't drinker. Drink coffee. I'm yeah. a coffee drinker. And then I'm like, why have I never taken a thermos of coffee to I the know. stand? I've taken it a handful of times on them real cold days. Right. But for the Mars. Would that just part, make no. you want to pee a lot, though? Yeah. But I get in that mode where I'm grinding. It's like, I don't even want to make a noise. <laughs> well, it gets to where I've taken it almost too serious where you're not having fun anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't want to unzip my bag and the rattle and the horns. Like, no, I'm not making noise. So. Right. <clears throat> but, yeah, Cosmic Brownie is hard to beat. <laughs> 10 o'clock. Funny you said I had one of those before I came over. <laughs> <laughs> that 10 to 2, man, can get delirious. Now, when it's off and it's not happening, that 10 to 2 can be horrible. T- horrible. Yeah. You're talking five hours of nothing. No, no squirrels, hardly anything. Yeah. And that makes a tough sit, man. But That's when it's time for a nap. Yeah. Well, like – Especially you got four days, man. You better make it happen. You better that time that first week of November. You got to be in stand as long as you can possibly can be right. without making anybody mad, getting in trouble at home. Yep. I mean, you got to be doing some grinding because yep. you never know what'll happen then. And those small properties could be the spot, like you were saying, that they bring Absolute, it. And, absolutely. I mean, you you could have a freaking random, madhouse at your place. Random yep. times when farmers are out doing something, or especially turkey hunting's the same way. They'll be on that big property to do their stuff with their hands, and then they leave. And that's you could pick them up from that 9 to 11 on your smaller piece off the main right. big chunk of land. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. I get it. Well, let's tie a bow on that one. Um, folks, you know, Jeff is, in my opinion, one of the best small property hunters I've ever known. So, um, you know, I think it's somebody who has some good, some good knowledge that can talk about, you know, hunting small property. Um, and there's – like we've said in the show, there's got to be a lot of people that hunt nothing but small little tracts of land. And, you know, maybe maybe they haven't been paying attention to what they were doing as much. And maybe this will kind of give Absolutely. them the nudge to go, hey, maybe I'll stop going in there so much from September 15th to October 1st. Maybe right. I'll chill out a little bit, that sort yeah. of stuff. Which the cameras don't lie if they're not coming in daylight. Cameras you know, are nice. Yes. Yeah, not cameras, everybody gets those. But cameras yeah. have changed the game where – you know, if everything's at night, you don't need to be stomping around there and wait for the right wind, wait for the right time. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Yep. Play it smart. Well, buddy, thanks for coming on. Loved it. And uh, didn't think I could talk for an hour, but well, we actually well. talked for more like two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was yeah. Say, I think I'm gonna keep going, man. Let's start telling stories. Uh, let me just hit stop, and we'll start again. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right. See you.